There's a well, it turns out that we, we weren't recording the first part of that show. So um but we are get we are gonna record the rest of it and it's gonna be up on podcast. Um see that's what happens when you take some time off and you are uh, get rusty. But a lot of things have happened over the over the break that we had uh, over the New Year's. One is they got that uh, killer uh, for the schoolgirls out in Idaho, which was kind of cool, right? Um, they got him. He's a madman and nut job. I mean, he's a real crazy dude. Um, so, in any case, um, for those of you that are just joining in right now uh we didn't connect to the top of the hour uh but it is 2023 and this is a new show it's january 3rd and uh (laughs) i apologize for not connecting my stream properly and wanted to start off with with um that today is a big day that that we're going to have a hundred bring in the 117th congress and we're going to have a vote. And we're going to have a vote on Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy's not going to get that vote. And I, I think he's going to have to concede that he's never going to get that vote. What happens is they vote. He doesn't get it. They vote again. And at that point, I think that there's just about, you know, they only need four dissenters or something like that. And they're going to get about 10 to 12. So... All of his dreams and aspirations of being speaker again. But, you know, losers should never get their jobs back. So good riddance to Liz Cheney and, and goodbye, Adam Kinzinger, the biggest losers. And, but we need, to, we need to do more of that across the board. We need to do that with Mitch McConnell. But somehow in the Senate, things are quite, quite different. They're different in the Senate because it's a uni party over there. And the biggest problem with the Senate is the Republicans are no different than the Democrats. They, they, they're they serving themselves. And what I was saying uh, before we actually connected our stream is that we need to realize that the documents that Christopher Ray conceals to cover up the FBI's misdeeds and even, for that matter, the CIA, none of these institutions are constitutional. Or, or in, no, none of them are in the Constitution. They are constitutional. They are, they are not in the Constitution. With a stroke of a pen, the FBI could be shut down. And so could the CIA. And I actually would support that wholeheartedly. I think if you took a poll, you would see that most people would say, forget it. We no longer could have that kind of security because that that level of corruption makes us unsafe. A lot of people are starting to realize that the threat isn't coming from Putin nearly as much as it's, it's coming from our own government. And the Republicans have allowed the Democrats to rig elections, and perhaps legally. You know, maybe the kind of rigging they're doing is legal. But they're passing all of these laws in such a way that they it helps them navigate the fraud. So, like, oh, we need uh, instead of election day, that's uh, that's racist. Um, 
that suppresses the vote. Uh, minorities are getting hurt. We need to not only bring in more minorities, but we need to give minorities a playing field that's equitable, not equality. Almost as, as if to say the Democrats are basically saying that the minorities can't keep pace with the white males. Because why? Because what? What's your reasoning for that? Oh, they're disenfranchised. They're uh, statistically poor. They're, they've been profiled and they've been discriminated against in society. But what they don't realize as well is these Democrats, is they don't realize the realities of the world. They don't realize that in the name of equity, mandating a minimum wage that's not affordable for a business to run is going to um, cause, uh, is going to create an unnecessary evil or an unwelcomed uh, addition to the mix. And that's automation. And again, McDonald's in Texas is completely automated. You drive up, you use a QR code, you don't have to touch anything. It's COVID friendly. Incidentally, they have a new 201 event that they just did uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago for a new pandemic that's going to be a lot worse for children. So they're going to lock your children down the, uh, to indoctrinate them. Because after all, this is a new voter block. The 10-year-old's going to be voting in two terms. But we have the 117th Congress, and that's a good thing. And Speaker McCarthy doesn't have the, the votes, and that's another good thing. We need to also get rid of McDaniel. I think that McDaniel does not have the votes for the RNC. And that Har- Harmy Dillon is poised and ready to take the reins over the RNC. She is. She was one of Trump's attorneys, and she's more of a mega, make America great again figure. And the RNC is completely corrupt. You know, pretty pretty much uh, McDaniel was a shoo-in until she wasn't. And Har- Har- Harmy Dillon worked her butt off to uh, get to a place where she even has a chance. It's a, it's a completely David and Goliath effort. But the good thing is you need in the House 218 votes, and Kevin McCarthy doesn't have that. As we said, the McRhinos need to go. McDaniels, McConnell, and McCarthy. And we look around the, the world, and we're looking at... Um, you know, one of the things we talked about in the beginning of the show was DeMar, DeMar Hanlon, the Buffalo Bill that uh, dropped unconscious after getting hit in the heart uh, by a, in a play that seemed to, to be a freak injury because it wasn't even that hard of a hit. But apparently, if you're in between heartbeats and you get hit in the heart, um what ends up happening is you can you can lose consciousness and you can lo- you can go into heart cardiac arrest suffer you know kind of like akin to a heart attack and he dropped and that was a very sad situation they canceled the game for the first time ever 
And it made you think, you know, well, is that myocarditis? And should we be looking into more and more of this, um, you know, the, the death rate brought to you by the people that wanted to lower the population? You know, I mean, there is a motive there, right? The people behind the New World Order and globalism and the World Economic Forum and Davos. Incidentally, Davos is happening uh, soon. It's going to be happening soon. And uh, Ukraine signed an alliance with BlackRock, of all figures. You know, they lost FTX, so now they're going to go with BlackRock, right? And BlackRock is going to get in on the action of financing the Democrats. Because who's going to be the next cash cow for 2024 for the Democrats? They got all the big players, don't they? I mean, Elon Musk voted for Joe Biden. And uh, George Soros donates to every Democrat he can in, in, in very strategic ways. Like with the district attorneys and small races throughout the country. Sort of like China buying up all kinds of land, even in little nooks in the south. And land patches by intelligence apparatuses and land masses close in close proximity to uh, testing labs and research centers and and universities to infiltrate our schools, take our intellectual property back to Mother China. So there's just a whole host of things that are going on these days. We lost Barbara Walters, we lost the Pope, and we even lost Pele. These people are dropping like flies. Now, Barbara Walters, in all fairness, is 93 years old. So, I don't attribute that, but Pele. Franco Harris, these are young people. And they're, you know, you got to start asking these questions. And again, you can't sue these people. That's a sad thing. You cannot sue them. And um, it's because they've put this out under the guise of an emergency. And this emergency protects them. Just like the emergency gives Joe Biden Gestapo-like powers or, you know, like tyrannical government powers. He could just wave a pen and, and issue executive orders under in the name of an emergency. So treating COVID like it's in, still an emergency, which is what we're the, the, is currently the status that we're in, is disingenuous at best. It's disingenuous. Meanwhile, we have globalism on the rise. And so we need government change. Because every single thing that they're hiding from you belongs to you. You paid for it. You're the taxpayer. You're the boss. And all these people holding this data that says you're not ready to see it, whether it's the CIA's murder of JFK or their involvement in the R, uh, Robert Kennedy, Sirhan Sirhan um, murder, or Martin Luther King's murder. Back in the 60s. Or how about the assassination attempt against Ronald Reagan? How about Benghazi? All of those things you paid for. And you're entitled to an explanation. A full-throated one. 
And you're ready, you know, they can't get away with, you're not ready to hear this, you're not ready to see this, we need to save people's lives. There's a lot of people's lives that are being lost as a result of their corruption. More lives are being lost because of their the CIA's assassinations. More lives are being lost than the lives that they claim to protect. You know, like Ruth Payne, right? They're protecting Ruth Payne because she's 90 years old, still alive. They're protecting Maria Oswald because she's still alive. And Maria Oswald's on arm record saying, you know, that the truth's never going to come out. Don't waste your time with these, you know, with these ideas because you're never going to get to the truth. The truth is locked under key. And this is why people like Pompeo talk out of both sides of their mouth and and we really need to demand more from our government. When it comes to FBI corruption, they should not have the ability to classify, seal, or hide records from the American people because it's the American people that own the records. We own them. They're ours. Christopher Ray works for us, and he needs to act like he does instead of being smug, flying off on vacation, shutting meetings short, flying around in his private jet. And so long as people are flying around in private jets, I say that we not obey any climate initiative. So long as people are flying around in private jets, I say we no longer, you know, support their climate initiatives because we know what they're doing. Uh, we're going to listen to a couple of clips here, and uh, this is Katie Hopkins. And uh, this is something that's happening in Oxford. And Katie Hopkins, um, I thought this was just an amazing thing that they're doing already. They're rolling it out as we speak. And this is just a, you know, a test pilot. And they're running these tests all around the, the world. So let's take a listen to Katie talking about this global tyranny in the name of climate. Oh, let's see. Well, our volume's not working just yet, but it will. Sorry about that, The folks. city here into 15, minute, 15, 15 right minutes of freedom here in the UK. So let me tell you the plan. The plan is in Oxford, and this has just been passed by the council, to divide the city here into a squiggly city into six parts. So one, two, three, four, five, six. And you will only have the freedom to operate in the part that you live. So if this is you, the idea is that everybody will live within 15 minutes of the things they need. 15 minutes of a school, 15 minutes of a doctor's, 15 minutes of a supermarket. And if you want to travel to the other zones in your city or maybe soon your town, you will have to go out an approved route. You will have to journey around the outside of the city in order to re-enter another section of the city. This plan is supposed to be saving the planet. And the idea is that you won't simply be able to cross over into other sections of your city anymore. So if your mother, for example, lived over here, you wouldn't be able to just go across and see her. 
This would all be done via e-gates, electronic gates and number plate recognition. You in your area will only be allowed within that 15 minute zone that you've been allocated. The number plate recognition will know if you leave your zone and you can apply for permission, a permit to leave your zone and travel to another zone. But you'll only be allowed to do this about 100 times a year. This is real. I just have to stop and say that this is actually being passed by Oxford Council. This is happening in the next two years. 2024 it begins. And if you use up all your 100 passes that someone designates whether you're allowed to have to go into the different zones, you'll be fined. Your number plate will be recognised. It will observe that you've gone somewhere you're not allowed in your own city and it will fine you £100 or £80 or whatever the fine number is. So it reminds me of concentration camps. It also reminds me of farms. You know, the pigs go over here, the chickens go over here. It reminds me of segregation. It reminds me of so many things that aren't right. It doesn't remind me of freedom, and it doesn't remind me of liberty. And it also, if you think about it, is a mechanism to keep people in a box, to keep people from rising up, to prevent people from challenging the system. If they could corral you and they can control your every move, they're basically saying they want you to obey. They want you to um, to, to be where they can predict what you're going to do. And that's, that's what scare, scares me about digital currency as well, is this digital currency is it just a way to control your speech. If you protest the wrong protest, you're going to be in big trouble. And that cannot be. <clears throat> Take a listen to this uh, former Joe Biden, right? Now, by the way, there's some big news coming out about Hunter Biden. There's some court cases going on talking about the access and release of data. I think it was like 400 pages or 400 documents but it should be a doozy if they're fighting it tooth and nail like that that's uh you know it's just a matter of time before that shoe's going to drop and you wonder if biden's even going to make these last two years because the crimes that this man has committed are incredibly uh the evidence is incredibly strong against him but listen to this fraudster joe biden uh just a few years ago talking the world's going to hades in a handbasket we are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh avian flu we don't have enough vaccines we don't have enough police officers and we're going to debate the next three weeks i'm told gay marriage a flag amendment and god only knows what else i can't believe the american people can't see through this we already have a law the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? And so 
That's the brochure, folks. That was the brochure for net neutrality. That was the brochure for climate change. That was the brochure for uh, gay marriage. That was the brochure for everything. Now we've seen, we've seen this, this, uh, these groups become weaponized. You know, that was sort of the brochure for Black Lives Matter even. We know that once Democrats get a hook, you know, you give them an inch, they take, you know, a mile. It's, it's insane. And it's scary. It's something we need to be very, very concerned about because uh, these are the things that are disrupting our culture, dividing us as people. And... These are the these are the four. This is they're rooted in segregation. They're rooted in backward thinking. I think that being a liberal at this point is a cult. I think it's I think it's a mindset that's unhealthy. Like I think it's I think there's a level of insanity. The fact that people could be content with what they hear in the news rather than just. Rather than just um, be a critical thinker, that's a scary proposition. And the truth is right there for the critical thinker to just see it. It's right there. You take these electric vehicles. A brother and sister say they had, had to stop six times in one day to charge their rented Tesla in cold weather after the battery drained quickly. So they have a Tesla. It was freezing cold. They rented a Tesla. And this is what they got. They, they basically said they say they knew the electric car would need charging en route and expected it to take longer after the weather turned so cold in late December. But what the sim- siblings didn't expect was just how often they needed to plug it in. So when they set off, Stevenson said, uh, this is a person's name, they could drive for at least two and a half hours before it needed to to charge. We ended up having to stop every one to one and a half hours to charge for an hour, then an hour and a half, then two hours. So beyond the lost time, it also got to the point it was between 25 and $30 to ch- recharge. Just in one day, we stopped six times to charge at that cost. So $25 to $30 every time they charged. So it's not a savings either. They both said on its website that renting a Tesla was always cheaper than gas, but added that he'd found the claim to be far from his experience. He said he and his sister first called Hertz and the agent told him he'd had nothing but Tesla calls today and had no idea why they've been having issues. So apparently they don't do well in the cold. And if you run your heater, you're going to be even in bigger trouble, right? I'm not sure I So <laughs> that's my uh, Apple Watch. <laughs> so Tesla didn't respond to a request for comment. Hmm. Not to mention the fact that these slave labor mines in the Congo can't keep pace with the demand. And the demand isn't demand. It's coercion. 
It's not like it's a good product that everybody wants. It's not so hot that it's not such a great product that everybody's just beating the door down to go get it. Now, Joe Biden raised the price of, of, of gas by shutting down leases and denying drilling and research and development in certain areas and shutting down pipelines and, and in fact, blowing up the Nord Stream 2, resulting in one of the largest eco-disasters in the history of the world in the name of climate, though, just so they could win the global war against Russia because Russia competes with the oil that they do control out of Iraq that was going into Europe and into Africa. So, you know, there's just so much fraud, doublespeak, corruption. They don't care about your climate. They don't care whether you live or die crossing the border. What they want are voters and slave labor. So they don't care about the minimum wage. They say they want minimum wage. They import slave labor that works for less than you would ever work. Doing jobs you would never want to do. It's smoke and it's mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. That's what it is. I mean, this whole Tesla thing, I think, is, is going to go down the tubes. You know, I was looking at this one video, though. It flashed up and I posted it. It's from 1943. It was a, a car, a battery-operated car. So they were doing batteries for a long time. Why do you think they switched over to combustible engines? Because it probably wasn't that effective. But what they were doing is they were taking these cars and instead of having to pull over and charge your car, what they were doing is they, you would pull over and they would hot swap out a, one battery for another. So they had a whole bank of batteries there. You'd pull over, they'd pull the one battery out, put a new battery in, and you'd be back on the road. Fully charged battery. Why are they not doing that? To me, that doesn't make sense. Why do they want to put these charging stations up all over the place? Why don't they just make it so you can swap out batteries? I mean, here in in Arlington, Virginia, they got scooters laying all over the sidewalk, right? You've seen them in these cities, right? These electric scooters lying all over the place, all over the streets. You have to walk around them. They're like trash. Again, they haven't thought these things out. But all of these corporations are part of a woke agenda. You know, in the name of climate. And it's not just doublespeak with climate. It's not just doublespeak with COVID. But it's also doublespeak with war. And again, these are the things that are happening in our world. The military-industrial complex is making out like a bandit. I was reading this uh, threaded tweet, and it said, the reason they keep endlessly repeating that the war is unprovoked by Russia is because it's the most thoroughly provoked war of the 21st century in Ukraine. And they have been systematically working to provoke it for years. That coup attempt in Belarus last year was pretty wild, and this was... Uh, this war in Ukraine is crazy. I can believe I can't believe Finland and Sweden are suddenly joining NATO. 
they used to be neutral. They used to be pacifist countries. They used to be homogenous. They used to have zero rapes and zero crimes. Now they get rapes all every day. Crimes every day. Because of their climate initiatives, open borders, and so on. Then there's this big war about population control. The population's getting bigger. People like Bill Gates and everybody that supported COVID uh, vaccines liked, liked, liked the idea of population going down. And so, you know, you got the people in charge of your health wanting to reduce the world's population. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel safe? That the doctor has your best interest at heart? I don't think so. Not on my, not not with my account. But this strategy document from NATO's primary think tank, published in 2019, you say Finland and Sweden are suddenly joining NATO, and what what's with the conflict in Azerbaijan? So the strategy document says providing lethal arms to Ukraine, resuming support to the Syrian rebels. Again, Syria, remember? We were talking about Syria. Syria and Russia are the greatest of allies. So the fact that we were running oil out of Iraq, through Syria, into Europe, and with the help of Turkey and the Kurds, and also the ISIS mercenaries that we were paying, you know, that was a whole smoke and mirrors operation. Talk about conspiracies. That's one. But providing lethal arms to Ukraine, resuming support to the Syrian rebels. This is NATO. Promoting regime change in Belarus. Promoting regime change in Belarusia, right? Exploiting Amer- Ar- Armenian and Azeri tensions. Exploiting. This is what our State Department's doing. Intensifying attention to Central Asia and isolating Transnistria a Russian-occupied enclave within Moldova. There are several other possible geopolitical moves discussed in the RAND search, but (laughs) sounds like the Carlisle group that the Bushes used to get paid handsomely to speak at, and the Carlisle group was all part of the Spookville uh, assassination club, and uh, and, uh, uh, as as was the... um, uh, the Brookings Institution. These organizations outside of government are really where things are truly happening. The impact on the politicians happens there. Including intensifying NATO's relationship with Sweden and Finland. Pressuring Russia's claims in the Arctic and checking Russia's attempts to expand its influence in Asia. So, intensifying the challenge to Russian military presence and operations abroad could have several consequences. It might cause Russia to withdraw from some of the, the these commitments, which could be an important win for the United States, but would do the opposite of extending Russia, causing it rather to contract, perhaps to a more defensible, de- defensible perimeter. Crimea... Eastern Ukraine and Syria and are drains 
on the Russian treasury and defense budget. Alternatively, and more likely, Russia might escalate, possibly seizing more of Ukraine. So they're aware of all this stuff. Flat out aware. And, you know, we uh, need to realize what's going on here. There is an article put out that talked about French, France's former, um, former leader, Ulan. He says, Ulan in this interview con- confirmed that Angela Merkel's comments that m- the Minsk agreement uh, a ru- was a ruse to give Ukraine time to prepare for war. So this was all in the making by the globalists. They wanted this to happen. And they could have avoided it. And that's what I had said all along. So this whole thing about big bad Russia is killing people in Ukraine, the Nazis in Ukraine, the people that salute now Zelensky as if he's Hitler. You know, and they've just built all this stuff up through the mainstream media. And they they were able to do that because they censored the other side. So they control your speech. They control your media. They control your health. They control your client, your your movement, your whereabouts, your your carbon footprint, and they're going to control your money with digital currency, as well. How do you like those apples? Let's take a listen to this. Over a hundred countries are developing their own central bank digital currency. Imagine what they could do with that level of control. Let's take a listen. Over 100 countries are in some stage of developing a central bank digital currency, otherwise known as a CBDC. They're coming to your country soon, and here's why that's a big deal. A CBDC is digital cash like crypto, but it's controlled and programmed centrally by your government. But what's wrong with money right now? The system's outdated. The requirements to just open a bank account leave tons of people without one. And once you do, you have to pay the bank for storing your money. If you want to move that money, it takes two to three days because they have to verify the money in your account. With a CBDC, money is all controlled under one institution, so it's like currency in a video game. So transfers, taxes, and stimulus checks would all be programmable. That sounds nice. Yeah, but because the government would now have the power to track, delete, and create money instantly, people are worried. Eventually, the government could implement monetary policy that's good for the economy, but terrible for you. For example, they could stimulate the economy by putting expiration dates on the money in our accounts, so we have to go out and spend it on things before a certain date. If you do something the government doesn't like, like protesting, they could automatically fine you, freeze your account, or shut you out of the system completely. Also, large corporations could pressure the government to censor use of the currency on certain products while heavily promoting theirs. But what do you think? I'm scared. That's what I think. Um, there's more to this Ukrainian story, though. And I want to play two clips. One is from Imran Khan, and the other is from uh, from Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay? So these are two foreign policy clips that I think are just really brilliant. Um, brilliant uh, observations. So let's take a listen to, uh, first, Vivek Ramaswamy. See, China, in, in, in a close cousin and actually an intellectual predecessor of stakeholder capitalism, was actually the philosophy of democratic capitalism, a phrase from the 1990s that many of you may remember, that both the Democratic and Republican Party eagerly espoused, which believed that the United States could succeed by using capitalism as a vehicle to spread democracy to places like China. 
basically, we thought we could use our money to get them to be more like us, that we could export Big Macs and Happy Meals, and somehow that was going to spread democracy to places like China. Well, what China realized was that actually they could turn that game on its head. Well, we thought we could use our money to get them to be more like us. What they realized is that they could use access to their market, their money, to get us to be more like them. Or, or even one step better, use our money to get us to be more like them. And it has worked because the number one reason companies asymmetrically criticize the alleged social injustices here in the United States while effectively justifying the actual human rights atrocities committed in China is that China builds a great Chinese wall that prevents you from entering the Chinese market if you dare to criticize the CCP. But they will roll out the red carpet if you criticize the United States. Uh-huh. And there's the rub. Um, there, we're being outplayed. Our, our foreign services are being outplayed. And we're just, we're just not thinking clearly. Uh, and we're being duped. You know, there's people like John Mearsheimer, and we're going to get to the Imran Khan clip in just a moment. But just take a listen to this um, uh, guy talking. He's been saying this stuff since 2015, John Mearsheimer. Let's take a listen. Up is a dysfunctional rump state, or if some sort of arrangement can be worked out, you may get instead a neutral Ukraine. But Putin is not looking for an off-ramp here. What he's looking for is victory. He's looking to achieve his objectives, and he will go to enormous lengths to achieve those objectives because he believes he's facing an existential threat. He, he doesn't care that much about Sweden and Finland. He cares greatly about Ukraine. And that has been very clear since 2008, when NATO first said that Ukraine would become a member of the alliance. The Russians made it clear at that point in time, not only Putin, but his lieutenants, that this was the brightest of red lines. So Ukraine is very special, and he cares enormously about that. Now, there's no question, as you point out, that in the short term, NATO and Ukraine have become closer. But the question is, what does the situation look like in the long term? And Putin is betting here that over the long term, he can either break that bond between Ukraine and NATO and make Ukraine a neutral state, or if he can't do that, he can so thoroughly wreck the country that it's useless for NATO. So that's, I think, what's going on in this conflict. Well, I think uh, that, first of all, the reason that the Russians effectively abandoned three big chunks of territory and allowed the Ukrainians to reconquer that territory was because the, 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 Russians were, the Russian army was overextended. It, it could not defend all the territory that it conquered. Um, and uh, I think what Putin did uh, was that he rationalized. Yeah, you know, the thing is, you cannot, um, you can't beat the West. But if, if China, if Russia wanted to, they could get China involved in that. And then, you know, the whole world would go to heck in a handbasket because it's, uh, and that's where it's heading. You know, already we see these naval uh 
naval um, war games being played out in the Pacific uh, because China is going to be going into Taiwan probably. I'd say there's a good bet that they do it this year, later this year. I mean, anything you're going to want to do in terms of your uh, agenda, you're going to want to do it in the name. uh, You're going to want to do it under a Biden administration and while America is as destabilized as it as it has been. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take uh, John from Chicagoland. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Happy New Year. Morning, Scott. Happy New Year to you as well. Hey, uh, well, just want to say a couple of things. One is you mentioned about the car batteries the other day and those kids driving that Tesla. That is something that I've assumed for cold weather. You just don't get the charge in the battery. It doesn't, it doesn't retain the charger very long. I remember hearing several years ago from uh, a campus policeman once, that they had the, the Priuses, which is a hybrid, but also, of course, has the battery as portion of the engine or part of the uh, uh, you know, the motor. Anyway, that uh, the uh, the hybrids during the winter would get substantially lower gas mileage. It wasn't terrible. It just didn't meet the advertised average. That's not necessarily a meaning. It doesn't mean you necessarily don't want to get a, a Prius, but it's just that you have to expect your gas mileage is a lot worse in the winter. It's better in the summer. And then probably about okay in the fall and the spring, but really bad in the in the uh, in the winter. And that is a that is a big problem, I think, with batteries. Now, forget the reason why, but there, that I, I think that's not uncommon. So there's no surprise to me on that one. But that's just one point I wanted to say there, uh, just to reinforce what you said earlier. Uh, the, the other the other aspect is what you just played on on Ukraine. You know, Lindsey Graham, who's such a dweeb. The guys on there talking about, well, there's no off-ramp with Putin. Well, as Mearsheimer indicated, there's no off-ramp in Putin's mind either. Right. That's the problem. I think guys like Graham and, and uh, Biden and the CIA, they're used to fighting, and they've gotten way used to fighting some sheep herder in the Middle East, where, well, we can control the skies, we can control artillery, we can uh, overwhelm them if we need to. We have the technology. Well, that's not the case here. And so what they don't realize is they got them into something where there is no off-ramp. So the message should be to you, okay, there's no off-ramp. How do you get out of here without with saving face? When the other guy feels that it's existential, and the truth is, if you have a brain, you know this is not existential. How do you get out of here? The United and States. That's going to look really bad. The United States should have sat down with across the table from Putin a long time ago. Uh, NATO allies. And I, I actually think that uh, the biggest loser out of this whole conflict is going to be NATO. NATO, uh, after this conflict is over, I think NATO needs to be shut down. I think that America should pull out of NATO at this point. They have shown themselves to be... Um, an instigator to war rather than a defense to Europe. That is clear. It, they should have shut down NATO or at least um, sort of deactivated it after the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a period of a few years when they saw that Russia wasn't sort of reform or the Soviet Union in the form of Russia uh, wasn't reforming or becoming aggressive. They should have realized, hey, we can, we can pull back. At the very least, don't expand. Well, and, and not only that, that, and I think it is a deliberate. And they're mis- yeah. they're misspending the money, you know, because we see oligarchs getting rich off of this. The we see the military industrial complex getting rich off of this. We see the kind of buildings that they're building for themselves. You know, it's it's 
obviously it's it's a waste of money, taxpayer dollars, you know, and it's unaccountable. Nobody knows how this money is being spent. You know, where is it going to? It's going to luxury conferences and luxury hotels and a bunch of hookers. I mean, really, it's a whole bunch of things like that going on. They're getting living fat off of these conflicts and getting truckloads of money in in the process. And they're using the money. The, the bridge too far for me was when they used the money, like FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried, to rig and win elections in the West. And that was a bridge too far for me. Which one was that? The NATO did? or Well, when well, you know the donations to Ukraine went to the Ukrainian National Bank, which ah, was yeah, partnered yeah, with yeah. FTX, and FTX was run, run by Sam Bankman-Fried, and he was donating second to Soros, the biggest donor to the Democrat Party. <clears throat> and I also right. think that we there was so. election rigging going on, too. Well, well that, that's very possible. You know, the U.S. also donated the Yeltsin to help him win re-election in 96 because he was a friend of the U.S. Now, if we did this, if they did the same thing to us, you would not hear the end of it. But we did that. and It was well known. We helped uh, Yeltsin with a variety of uh, loans and whatnot to help him win election in 96 because he sure. was a friend of the U.S. So we've done that again and again. But, you know, the NATO has acted as a provocateur here. And you've got guys toothless, feckless countries like Norway, which may have or may not have, they may have an effective military for their size, but they're not really anything that could project force outside their country. Right. Sweden would be another example, uh, although Sweden's not in NATO. But they talk tough. And look, look, Germany has very little to give. And really, they're playing along like the little brother, and we're supposed to do the fighting and the paying for it. And quite frankly, we're not even prepared to do that. But it's just—it's almost a series of people urging each other on to fight, 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 and we're not ready for that. Look, in, in '62, that was a situation where we were going crazy because it was seven minutes in Miami from Cuba, so that was seen as worth defending and worth fighting for. And there was, you know, the, it seems as if we came pretty close to nuclear war. Here, why can we not understand it? I think it's because we got so fat, happy, and arrogant over the last—well, in the post-war period. I think that's what you're seeing, and that's why you're seeing immature politicians. I mean, you, you hear things like from the Adam Kinzinger, who, thank God, is out of office as of today, along with Liz Cheney. That's right. a reason to celebrate. Right. And you hear the things they say that are so intemperate, and it is very concerning. But the voters, I guess, reelected a lot of these guys, uh, You know, assuming the elections were on the level. I know that's a, that's a debatable point. And uh, so it's, it's, it's quite discouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for calling in today. Thanks. And, uh, all right. Have a great day. Uh, all right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that does bring us to the end of the Scott Adams show. I did want to play that Imran Khan clip, and um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a minute and 39 seconds, so we don't have the minute and 39 seconds left. So what we're going to do is bring that over till tomorrow's show, and we'll be sure to hear that. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and also wish everybody a happy 2023 uh, because we're in it to win it. And um, in any case, uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. If you can make a donation over there, it certainly helps us out. We're dependent upon that to keep us, to keep these messages going.
right? And uh, also use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there